fifth day. Light immortal, light divine, visit thou these hearts of thine and our inmost being fill. The Gift of Counsel The gift of counsel endows the soul with supernatural prudence, enabling it to judge promptly and rightly what must be done, especially in difficult circumstances. Counsel applies the principles furnished by knowledge and understanding to the innumerable concrete cases that confront us in the course of our daily duty as parents, teachers, public servants, and Christian citizens. Counsel is supernatural common sense, a priceless treasure in the quest of salvation. Above all these things, pray to the Most High that He may direct thy way in truth. Let us pray. Come, O Spirit of Counsel, help and guide me in all my ways, that I may always do Thy holy will. Incline my heart to that which is good, turn it away from all that is evil, and direct me by the straight path of Thy commandments to that goal of eternal life for which I long. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and fortitude, the Spirit of knowledge and piety, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. It is in the eleventh chapter of the prophet Isaiah, as his first great messianic prophecy comes to its conclusion, that the greatest of the prophets, who has already spoken of the illustrious virginal birth of the Messiah, now speaks to us of the gifts, the sevenfold gift which shall be poured down upon his sacred humanity and upon the souls of all those who are anointed as his followers. The order that we find here named by the prophet Isaiah for the seven gifts is the order we follow. However, it has always been seen already in Jewish tradition, but then later in Christian, that we end the list of the gifts with the one with which we must begin, the fear of the Lord. We are told throughout the scriptures that the beginning of wisdom is fear, the fear of the Lord. And so we find fear at the end of this list, and it is where we must begin to rise to the one that is named first, wisdom. Yes, fear is the beginning of wisdom, of knowledge, of all true piety. Our holy patron, St. Benedict, tells us that fear is the beginning of humility. Yes, fear leads to knowledge, to piety, for in fact, in the original Hebrew, we find that piety and fear of the Lord are the same word here. They, in turn, lead to courage and to counsel. 
We learn in catechism and later on in theology that counsel is an essential act of the virtue of prudence. And it is well to be noted during this novena of ours that counsel and fortitude are placed together. Counsel as the gift that animates prudence and strength or fortitude as the gift that animates courage. What a beautiful and holy reflection we can make on the interaction between these two great virtues of prudence and courage, especially in these dark times of ours. Prudence is defined by St. Thomas following Aristotle as recta ratio agibilium, right reason applied to action, right reason put in practice. It is the habit in the intellect by which we act according to right reason here and now. Prudence does not present to us the ultimate supernatural end of all our actions. Wisdom does that, but rather the means to attain that end in our practice of all the other virtues. It is thus a vein, the true lifeblood that runs through all the other virtues. Prudence gives our courage, reason, and purpose, just as it does to all of the virtues. Without prudence, the merciful man is only a permissive weakling. The just man is but a cold calculator. The temperate man is a fanatic, and the courageous man but a fool. Courage, though, brings our practical reasoning into action. Without courage, the prudent man is but a cowardly deliberator, always mulling actions but never taking them, and becoming guilty of countless sins of omission. As we have said, the beginning of all the gifts and of all humility of all virtues is fear. And so the beginning of this all-important virtue of prudence is counsel. Counsel is the first of three necessary acts to practice the virtue of prudence. We have counsel, judgment, and decision. Counsel, when considered as an act of prudence, is the consideration of all circumstances of a situation and all possible means to attain the end in sight. Judgment is the conclusion made on the action to be taken, and decision, or imperium in Latin, is what then moves the other virtues to the execution of the sentence. A prudent man is thus one who considers and determines the right thing to do and then does it. One point we haven't stressed yet 
is that prudence is no longer a mere moral virtue, as it was for the pagan sages of old. For us Christians, it is a supernatural virtue, infused into our souls at baptism in view of a supernatural end, eternal life. We cannot practice the supernatural virtue of prudence without the infusion of divine grace. And so it is supremely fitting that counsel should be for us not just an exercise of our mental faculties, but a gift of the Holy Ghost. Isaiah teaches us that this is true of Christ, the Anointed One, in his sacred humanity, and so it is true of all those who have been anointed as his disciples in the sacraments. Thus we see that the gift of counsel supersedes, builds immeasurably upon this natural faculty which allows us to exercise this first act of the moral virtue of prudence. The Holy Ghost speaks to us directly to our hearts so that we may have no doubt as to which action to take in a particular situation. Our blessed Savior, without naming this gift, speaks precisely of it in the 10th chapter of St. Matthew, when he assures us when that day comes, when you are called to bear witness to your faith, take no thought, no thought whatever, of how you shall speak. For he tells us in that moment, it is the Holy Ghost himself who shall speak to you, declaring to you how you must act. We see a beautiful example of this in the first testimony of the disciples, when they are called before the Sanhedrin. And St. Peter is straightly charged by the Jews no longer to preach Christ, to which he simply responds, no doubt receiving at that very moment the gift of counsel, we must obey God rather than men. We find many examples in the lives of the saints, especially those who were humble, those who were chosen as the weak things of this world that no flesh might glory in God's sight. These especially were often endowed in a special way with the gift of counsel. A few weeks ago, we celebrated the feast of St. Catherine of Siena, a woman without university education, without anything called formal learning in her time, who nevertheless knew her faith and was infused in such a high degree with the gift of counsel that she advised kings and popes in one of the darkest hours of the church. During this novena, this year, we celebrate on May 30th, the Feast of St. Joan of Arc, who astounded even the greatest generals of her time by leading the French armies to victory over the, over the English. And when asked by even the greatest strategists of the time how she determined to lead the battle, she would reply simply, you have been with your council and I have been with mine. 
As we prepare to achieve so beautifully this year the Novena to the Holy Ghost with the Feast of Pentecost, which falls this year on the Feast of the Queenship of Mary, let us implore especially of our Mother of Good Counsel to obtain for us infusion of this invaluable gift of counsel, that we may always act rightly and animate all the other virtues in our spiritual life in view of our eternal end. Amen. Let us recite now together the prayers for this day in the Novena to the Holy Ghost. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Act of Consecration to the Holy Ghost On my knees, before the great multitude of heavenly witnesses, I offer myself, soul and body, to Thee, Eternal Spirit of God. I adore the brightness of Thy purity, the unerring keenness of Thy justice, and the might of Thy love. Thou art the strength and the light of my soul. In thee I live and move and am. I desire never to grieve thee by unfaithfulness to grace, and I pray with all my heart to be kept from the smallest sin against thee. Mercifully guard my every thought, and grant that I may always watch for thy light, and listen to thy voice, and follow thy gracious inspirations. I cling to thee and give myself to thee, and ask thee by thy compassion to watch over me in my weakness. Holding the pierced feet of Jesus, and looking at his five wounds, and trusting in his precious blood, and adoring his open side and stricken heart, I implore thee, adorable spirit, helper of my infirmity, so to keep me in thy grace, that I may never sin against thee. Give me grace, O Holy Ghost, Spirit of the Father and the Son, to say to thee always and everywhere, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Amen. Prayer for the Seven Gifts of the Holy Ghost O Lord Jesus Christ, who before ascending into heaven did promise to send the Holy Ghost to finish thy work in the souls of thine apostles and disciples, deign to grant the same Holy Spirit to me, 
that he may perfect in my soul the work of thy grace and thy love. Grant me the spirit of wisdom, that I may despise the perishable things of this world and aspire only after the things that are eternal. The spirit of understanding, to enlighten my mind with the light of thy divine truth. The spirit of counsel, that I may ever choose the surest way of pleasing God and gaining heaven. The spirit of fortitude, that I may overcome with courage all the obstacles that oppose my salvation. The spirit of knowledge, that I may know God and know myself and grow perfect in the science of the saints. The spirit of piety, that I may find the service of God sweet and amiable. The spirit of fear, that I may be filled with a loving reverence toward God and may dread in any way to displease Him. Mark me, dear Lord, with the sign of Thy true disciples, and animate me in all things with Thy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.